Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. There's this hey, guys. Welcome to the Intersecting Church Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Gotta love the intro. Heck yeah. All right. Well, we're starting. Um, it's been a minute since we've been back, but we're back and we're here. And we have myself, JD. How about you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Luke. Paige. <laughs> Jonah. Adam. Yes, we got some new faces added uh, to the team. A couple of the young bucks from our young adult group. Adam uh, serves our church. He plays the drums. Jonah is a catch-all. He serves at the front door. He greets people. He can cut grass. He can fix lights. He can put tile in. A man of many talents. Uh, Do you cut grass here? Oh, not yet, but he could. Probably will now. <laughs> well, pretty much, he just has done a lot in the church and has helped serve a lot. So, those are those two faces. Um, yeah. So, jumping in, uh, yesterday I preached a message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, part of our series designed for discipline, um, and uh, within that, um, I've been talking and breaking down um, the disciplines within our body that's made up our spirit soul, um, and body. Yesterday I, I emphasized the spirit and the empowering of the spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, part of what made me ask Adam and Jonah to come through was after church, I was like, Adam, what's up? He's like, I got a lot going in my mind. <laughs> I was like, you got, you got a lot going. <laughs> I was like, you got a lot going in your mind. He's like, well, you know, I'm tired and there's just a lot going on in my mind. I was like, all right, Adam, cool. I was like, well, um, and then uh, after church, uh, Adam, I know that Adam and Luke got to connect for a little bit. He's like, I think Adam has some questions. I said, that's perfect. I was like, why don't we have him jump on the podcast? Because we didn't have Q&A yesterday um, in church. And just like from such a heavy topic that has been a very big divisive topic in the church, um, I thought it would be cool to kind of have a just a talk and just some questions that were mm-hmm. that people may have in regards to it. And yeah, just pop it off that way. So um, not to just jump you right into it, Adam. From yesterday, what were some of your thoughts? What were some things uh, going into service? If you were to bring people into it, what were some questions that you may have? Before we do that, would you be able to just like give a brief yeah, explanation of, idea, yeah. of what you uh, talked about yesterday? Yes. And yep. explain like baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because yeah. in general, that's just like a very misunderstood thing. Yes. And so in my approach to... Um, in my approach to talking yesterday, my biggest thing is to talk about what is what is the spirit? Like, what is our spirit that we all have? We all, everybody has a spirit. Everybody, when we were created and God breathed into us, he breathed in uh, a spirit into our body, uh, which gives us life. Uh, no spirit in your body, you have no life. <laughs> uh, so uh, your spirit is something that's eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the points that I made uh, yesterday. And then um, we are called to be spirit-led uh, as Christians and uh, to be led by the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and what gives us access to God and to be led by the Holy Spirit um, is our spirit if that makes sense. Um, so one of that then brought us to the point of baptism of the Holy spirit and the empowerment of that and what that looks like. Does it come at salvation? Does it come subsequent to salvation? Uh, the whole debate that, you know, evangelicals, Pentecostals, Catholics, so many different denominations, 
um, question, when does the baptism of the Holy Spirit come? Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, it, there, it's not just, it's one of three baptisms that the Bible talks about in Hebrews 6 when it talks about um, the foundations of us as Christians and the baptisms that we may have, baptism of repentance, baptism by water, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I jumped into those things. It's on, it's online. I don't want to go too deep into all of right, those things. Right. But in that, I know Jonah said he had a question like baptism of repentance. What is that? I don't really see that much in the Bible. Or he's, he was saying, like, I don't really understand that concept quite yet and I think that that's a new it, that can be very new for a lot of people so mm-hmm. I kind of dove into it a little bit but not as much as I wanted to right given the time frame that I had um so yeah so what how would you describe the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowerment um that that the Bible describes um, our shows um, and acts and different epistles where it is a simply that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit indwelling in you, filling you. Um, I believe the water baptism is more of the putting on of Christ, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like the Holy Spirit coming within you to give you empowerment and power to live a fruitful and godly life to overcome uh, the nature of sin um, the 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 problems of life. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is a gift um, that God wants for all Christians to be able to have in order to empower you to live a fruitful, uh, godly life uh, in relationship with Him. Something that helps you in your sanctification process. Something that, um, yeah. So yeah. So is it cool if, if I just ask a couple, a couple of questions just to lay a foundation so then we can get into yeah. their questions? Okay. This is why I like, this is why you're good at, at, at this stuff. Yeah. Go so, ahead. so do you, how, how do you know if you've been baptized in Holy Spirit? Like what is the difference between some, like a Christian who has been and someone question. who may not be? Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I don't want to take all the questions, but I don't mind answering this, mm-hmm. but one of the typical signs that someone has been baptized in the Holy spirit is their empower is the empowerment that they have to live a righteous and godly life. Um, one of the things that, um, uh, that I love that this book actually said is that when the Holy spirit comes in the trend in the new Testament of what it looked like when the Holy spirit did come, which was a, a marker for the early Christian church, it was that it gave them the power for obedience, the power to live an obedient life, a power to live. Actually, I'm going to actually look at the quote that he wrote, what it looks like without the Holy spirit, what it looks like with the empowerment of the Holy spirit. <clears throat> and if anybody, while I'm looking at that page or, Luke or Adam, Jonah, you guys can talk. Yeah, one of the things that I talked about with Luke on Sunday was just this subject with uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that um, it's a very, I think it's a it's a primary thing because it's a foundation of our faith. You mm-hmm. know? And the verbiage that we use and how we talk about it is extremely important because mm-hmm. I think that um, it's a subject that, like, I mean, you even mentioned in your sermon, it's a subject a lot of people feel a lot of ways about, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it can definitely get a rise out of people mm-hmm. <laughs> in certain yeah. ways. But um, definitely just uh, representing it in the best that we can for people to understand it is super important. So oh, that wasn't sure. to say that you did or didn't or anything, but, you know, just, just speaking mm-hmm. to that in general, I just think it's important that we do that. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. No, I've. 
you don't have to give any disclaimers, even if you didn't think <laughs> I did. Even if you did, didn't think I did, I'm, I'm, I feel confident and comfortable enough that the, the Bible says that any teaching that we give in the church, it's not necessarily a sin to question the person who's teaching. You should always go back to the Bible. So right. I don't want anything that I say or anything that I say that makes somebody feel a certain way to feel as though, well, I have to take it as gospel because J.D. said it. I would rather someone go and search the scriptures, like I said at the beginning of my sermon, for us to rightly divide the word of God, the word of truth, um, so, so we could show ourselves a workman approved. Um, and that's really important that we understand that. Um, and and yesterday I wanted to make sure that I said I understand the sensitivity of this topic because it is so important. So I wanted to give that background before I was like, so right. if there's something that I say here that makes you feel a certain type of way or something like that, I want you to be able to question those things. But I also want you to go back to scripture with it, which is why I tried to illustrate throughout my sermon different scriptures that pertain to different themes that came when it came to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one of the one of the biggest markers that shows a Christian who has the baptism of the Holy Spirit is boldness and the power to operate out of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I would say that was the common theme in the New Testament church. It was something that would give them enough boldness that even though persecution may come and they would literally die because they had the baptism and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, they were not ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were able to live an obedient, dedicated life to God. It wasn't a a lukewarm life that they lived. It wasn't like, I will, I think I want to go to the church today. I think I want to be connected with the community at this point in time. No, it was, it was a fervent uh, thing of they were dedicated in meeting with each other and going to the temple daily. Or if they couldn't meet in the temple in public, they, they were meeting in their homes. Um, and I think if you look at it from a thousand foot view in the New Testament of what it looked like for the early church who was baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, there was common signs uh, that came with that, whether they were prophesying, whether they would speak in tongues, whether they were um, exhorting. Um, there was many different signs that was actually shown in the New Testament when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. Um, and I think one of the, the one of the things that I said that the our church or even in the Pentecostal realm is that we have, um, or I, and what I've grown up when I say we have and our church comes from a, a Pentecostal background and certain. Uh, spheres of Pentecostalism, they say you've only received the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you've, done you've C, right? yeah, yeah, only if you've spoken in tongues or only if you did this. And I think that, that really limits God and puts God into a box mm -hmm. uh, when you isolate and say God's Spirit only came if you showed this evident empowerment that the Holy Spirit came and that this miraculous thing. Um, so to answer your question, when the Holy Spirit comes, it gives you an empowerment that you couldn't do naturally before in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own strength. The Holy Spirit is there as a covering to help you be, um, to, it's, it's a helper. Jesus said, I must go to send a comforter to you, a helper to you, mm -hmm. uh, um, something that will able for you to live a life to be considered an overcomer. Um, Jesus talks about that in Revelation, about him coming back for those who have overcame. Um, and the Holy Spirit is the thing that helps you overcome. And so, yeah. So if you haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit, but you are led by the Spirit, can you still prophesy, mm -hmm. speak in tongues, things like that? So <clears throat> I guess I, where is the line of like, you know, 
talking to someone saying like challenging them like you this is something that that would be beneficial for you compared to this is something that we already see in you you know what i mean mm-hmm. because i feel like someone who is baptized in the spirit mm-hmm. you can say the say both about them like someone who mm-hmm. isn't baptized in the spirit can still mm-hmm. want to be in community and all those mm-hmm. things and if if that person is led by the spirit and they can you know pray in tongues and they can prophesy and and you know do the mm-hmm. gifts that the spirit provides um where where is the difference mm-hmm. why is it beneficial um i would say that first of all you have to know the difference between what jesus talked about in john chapter 3 um about being born of the spirit and then it's also talked about being baptized in the spirit which are two separate um experiences um, from the Lord. Being born of the Spirit is when we come to faith in Christ and when we repent of our sins and put our faith in him, we become, as the Bible talks about, new creatures. But then Jesus talks about another experience about being baptized in the Spirit. And that is, as J.D. said, when the Spirit indwells a believer. Jesus told the disciples in um, St. John 14, he said, he is, the Holy Spirit is with you and shall be in you. And so the disciples had the Holy Spirit with them, but on the day of Pentecost, he became or came to dwell in them. And so any believer in Christ has the Holy Spirit with them. He's with them. They can be led of the Spirit. The Spirit can communicate to them. He can talk to them. He can lead them. But it is a, a different um, relationship and different empowerment when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit because it comes with, as the Bible talked about in um, 1 Corinthians 12 and in 1 Corinthians 14, it comes with nine specific gifts that operate in the believer's life um, as the Holy Spirit wills. And so those gifts serve as signs. Those gifts serve as indicators of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Not necessarily that the Holy Spirit is not with you, but that he is indwelling you. And so one of those things, and I know it's taboo to talk about in a lot of circles, is speaking in tongues and is praying in tongues. And that is a common sign throughout the Bible of a person who has been baptized with the Holy Spirit, though it is not limited to that. a lot of people don't know what the benefit of um, speaking in tongues or praying in tongues is. And in 1 Corinthians, it talks about it edifies or builds up the spirit mm-hmm. because it is a supernatural communication with God that's given by the spirit. The spirit is the one that gives us the gift or the ability to um, speak in other tongues, to edify our spirits. And so... And your spirit must be built up. Jude says, and I believe it's Jude one twenty. he says, building up your faith, um, your most holy faith, by praying in the spirit. And so there are several scriptures that talk about it. But um, all of those Page things. Page, talk directly all into of your those mic. Well, Page is also talking to the back of the mic. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I don't want to say anything. So you just got yeah, to loosen this up. Twist that around there. Okay. There we oh, go. Oh, there he is. Oh. So no one heard anything that Paige just had to say. It's like 15 minutes down the drain right there. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I was just saying the value of, I feel like in the church, we have to learn the value of all that God gives mm-hmm. and, and not have the mindset to shy away from something or to think that something is unnecessary because it hasn't been um, a part of our lives or even introduced into our lives, but to be open to all that God has. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we're not open to all that God has, we actually limit God and we limit the, the relationship that he wants to have with us, mm-hmm. each one of us. And so there has to be a certain level um, of openness to the scripture and to one another in our experiences and our relationship with God. Otherwise, we don't receive, as the Bible says, every joint or every person in the body of Christ supplies something. And we cut ourselves off from the full supply of the body of Christ when we don't at least um, have an open mind to hear and see and be willing to embrace what another believer's experience is or was with God mm-hmm. and not closing ourselves off to it. I don't know if I answered So it's like the, it's the fullness that you can walk in. Is that Absolutely. It? So, okay. Absolutely. I mean, that makes sense. And, and that fullness that you can walk in, the reason why this is such a huge debate is because a lot of people feel, uh, well, I would say what the debate has been is, are you baptized with the Holy Spirit the moment that you believe in Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or are, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit subsequent to that moment in which you believe? And, and, and it makes people automatically feel as though if I'm a believer and haven't experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what does that mean about me? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that I'm not good as the other person? Does that mean that I'm not as good of a Christian? Does that mean that I am not experiencing or have not been open mm-hmm. to all that God has to me, has for me, and those type of things? And those type of questions that sometimes somebody asks is a lot for them to wrestle with when you introduce such a topic like this Mm -hmm. and that's something that I try to be very sensitive about and coming into that there's descriptions in the Bible to where the baptism of the Holy Spirit came at the moment of belief and there's instances in the Bible that the baptism of the Holy Spirit came subsequent of that and so God God is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not limited to the way that we think that it has to happen or anything. It's happened in multiple different ways. And what I love that the writer said, um, and this baptized in the spirit, it seems that Luke wasn't so much involved in the, in the, in the sequence of when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came as far as whether it was in the moment of salvation or subsequent to that. Um, he said he was more he was more concerned that people understood the power of the holy spirit and the empowerment that it brings and what it leads your life to look like Mm -hmm. um and that and that was the overall theme but because we like and another thing he says we like our doctrines to be real tight to be tidy to be one two three and all this we almost end up being very rigid and very legalistic about how god moves and what he does Mm -hmm. which doesn't actually give god the uh, or it gives God that, but it doesn't give us the ability to look at God can move in many different ways and how yeah. he wants to. But the ultimate thing is, 
are you being led by the spirit and are you mm-hmm. being empowered by the spirit? That's the question that needs to be asked. Right. Are you being empowered by the spirit? And yeah. that looks like something And the Bible talks about. That's what it looks like to be a, when you're living a life that has the fruit of the spirit. When you live in a life, when you are led by the spirit, when you realize that you're not leading yourself. And I believe if most people were honest with themselves, you know, when you're leading yourself into something are are. are you know when you're leading yourself into something um, that is ungodly or godly. What is moral? What is not moral? I feel like we have those uh, parameters, and also the Lord will convict us in things. You know what I mean? And right. so, yeah, I think that that's yeah. I think also, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I think also we sometimes as Christians we negate the 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 power of the Spirit and. Mm-hmm. And what that brings. A lot of times, we 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 only talk about the fruit of the spirit, but we don't talk about the power of the spirit, hmm. such as prophecy, such as miracles, such as healing, such as deliverance. Hmm. Jesus said, "You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you." In Acts one and eight, and so that has to be evident in the life. Jesus said, "These signs shall follow those that believe. Mm-hmm. They shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues." They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so all of these things should be evident in every Christian's life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in the 21st century, in the modern day church, we have settled for less than what we read about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and we've fallen into really the sin of idolization. Like, okay, that was Paul, that was Moses, that was Peter, they did that but I'm a Christian, but not like that, not like they were. Mm -hmm. When we are to go above and beyond, Jesus said, the works that I do and greater works shall you do. So we should be endeavoring to do not only what they did, but go further than what they did Mm -hmm. and to accomplish everything. Jesus said, well, Peter said in, in Acts 2, he said, before Christ comes, he said, Jesus is held in the heavens until the restoration of all things. So until everything is restored back to man that God originally intended, Jesus cannot come back. And so it says he's coming back for a glorious church mm-hmm. without spot or ring or any such thing. And so everything that Jesus did has to be seen in our lives. Mm-hmm. It says we are to come to the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. And so if we are comfortable with falling anywhere short of that, then we don't have the um, passion or the desire that Jesus Christ intended for each and every one of his disciples to have. But he gave us the spirit to move us, to, to give us that, that zeal and that, that seek to do those things. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that when a believer is not passionately pursuing the Lord, that that is a sign, as, as we're talking about, that they're not being led yeah by the spirit because the spirit is always going to take you from faith to faith right from glory to glory but go ahead yeah no i mean that i think that lays a a, a pretty good foundation for the the conversation so i guess my question is matthew three eleven through 12 and this is John speaking. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance. And we talked about the baptism of repentance. Yeah. Um, but then it says, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. 
he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. And so right there, it's almost like there's three different baptisms within that first verse. And then after that, it goes on to say, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff will burn with unquenchable fire. So I guess my question for you guys is, what's the difference between Holy, baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and then, but the chaff will burn with unquenchable fire? Because if you look in Mark nine forty three, it says, if your left hand causes you to sin, cut it off because it's better for you to go without, cri- it. without it than enter the unquen- then your whole body enter the unquenchable fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there two different fires being talked about in Matthew 3, 11 through 12? Absolutely. Um, the second fire that Jesus is talking about is what we would call hell yep. or eternal punishment. Um, and the wheat and the chaff, the wheat are his people the chaffed are those who have denied Christ or not accepted Christ. And he's saying, I will separate them. Jesus said, I will make separation between them. And this will be the end of the chaff. But as far as the baptism that John is speaking of, when he says he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit is, okay, you have to look at it on the day of Pentecost. Um, the Bible says there came in a mighty rushing wind and it seemed as cloven tongues, as a fire sat upon each of them. And so with the Holy Spirit comes the fire of God, and that fire is also referenced in um, the parable of the virgins, where he says their lamps, they didn't have any oil or fire in their lamps, and it went out. And that fire is representative of the, of the love and passion of Christ, and as a fire that burns within us. Um, Jeremiah said it in the Old Testament. He said his word was as fire that was enclosed or shut up in my bones. And Jesus is all about um, passion. He's all about fire. He's all about us passionately loving him and pursuing him. And so that's one thing the Holy Spirit ignites in us is a fire and a passion for him, which I think we can all agree is seen in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. But when he says that, John is saying, this is my, um, I guess, boundary line, so to speak. I'm baptizing you into repentance, um, to the acknowledging of your sins, and to believing in the coming Messiah. But he's going to give you another baptism that's going to ignite you mm-hmm. into what you're called to do. I, I, I hope that helped in some type of way. And so in Hebrews 6, where it says one of the foundations is repentance from dead works. And then, you know, the the doctrine of cleansings or the doctrine of baptisms um, is the how how is the baptism that John baptized in still is it still relevant? And how does it apply to our life today if it is? Awesome. Okay, John, what John did in a natural way is done in a spiritual way now. Um, what I mean by that is the baptism of repentance. He baptized them now as we baptize um, people into the body of Christ. Though that was not applicable to them at that time because Christ had not died on the cross, so there was no body of Christ yet. Um, but what happens is the gospel, when it is preached to a believer, and Jesus talked about um, in Ephesians, the it's all over the Bible, but 
the water of the word or the living water. And so when a person is receiving the gospel, they're actually receiving the living water of God. Even when he talked, he said the voice of sound of many waters, the living water of God. And they can choose to submit or be submerged, submitted unto that gospel or not. But that gospel is to lead them to repentance or to lead them to turn their life to God. And so the baptism of repentance is actually, and we know baptism needs to be submerged, but it's actually you submitting to the gospel of Christ and submitting to the way of God in, um, in a way that is revolutionary to changing your life. It's not, oh, it's not turned. Just, just keep talking. Okay. <laughs> But, <laughs> and so that's the first really baptism that we come into that causes us to become um, a new spirit or a new creature and causes us to become um, what Jesus talked about in John 3 where he said, if you're born of the spirit, he said, then you'll um, see the kingdom of God and you can enter the kingdom of God. But unless we come to repentance, we can't do that. That's why John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he would say that. Go ahead. I think you had a thought. Oh, not yet. Yeah, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I don't know if which might, yeah. So repentance, I've always heard of it as like a heart posture. Yeah. And not, mm -hmm. so is that like the same thing as baptism then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I think we look at baptism in such of, um, in such of a, I guess, one-dimensional way of just the, the baptism that we know of, the water baptism. But, the water, but baptism means to be immersed or submerged in something. And so when we come to Christ and we repent, you're submerging yourself into who Jesus is, into his work on the cross. Mm -hmm. And like the Bible says, after we come in, they said we are now in Christ. And so you're submerging yourself into all things Christ and really into his kingdom and walking in his kingdom. And so that baptism of repentance is what submerges you into your journey of becoming um, more and more like Christ. And we're being transformed by his word, by fellowship, by his spirit, through his blood, all those things. But without, as you said, that heart posture, it becomes what we see in some, and I say believers, where they say, I've accepted Christ, but their life shows no signs um, of Christianity. And what I mean by that is in their nature, like their lifestyle hasn't really changed at all, how they operate, how they speak, the things they do hasn't changed, but yet they, um, in a church service or wherever, they made a confession, but it's the heart posture that baptizes you um, into repentance in Christ. Ooh. Oh, one of the things that I was going to say uh, is just um, when it comes to like the baptism of repentance, because you talked about the different kinds of, of baptism mm -hmm. that there are. Mm -hmm. And when I read that scripture, I don't look at it as that there's a baptism of repentance. I feel like that's a byproduct of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't look at it as like two separate baptisms mm -hmm. because to me, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is an inner heart posture change 
it is in one and the same of accepting Christ into your life. That's just kind of how I always looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the things that like confused me was mm-hmm. the different baptisms. Um, mm-hmm. Because even in Acts, when um, the you know Pentecost happens and everything else, as soon as um, they finish speaking in tongues and mm-hmm. the hymn hauling around and you know all the pomp and circumstance, awesome experience, right? It's cool. Yeah. The Holy Spirit moved, um, but at the end of it, you know Peter follows it up by talking about how he he brings to the people the repentance. He said you yeah. should repent and yeah. all this type of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's and it's all that stuff is is a following of the, the, all the stuff that you just talked about mm-hmm. of the baptism of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So I guess you even said to us, it really matter like what order that they fall into. Mm-hmm. But I guess one of the things that I thought was kind of confusing was, um, choosing to separate them into different baptisms. And mm-hmm. to me, it just seemed like it was like mm-hmm. confusion when it, you know, but John did baptize them for repentance sake because Jesus Christ hadn't been crucified yet. But I think that that even in today's church, there are Christians who repent and are baptized in repentance, but they're not fully submerged in all that the Spirit has for them. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my thing is, when when you get baptized for John's baptism, mm-hmm. looking at John's yeah. ba- the way he baptizes, is these people are confessing like their sins. Yeah, yeah, like I want to follow Jesus, and so that's repentance. But John, like. So then John is dunking them in water mm-hmm. as a public display of that. Display of that. So when, mm-hmm. that's like the two in one is, is I guess what I, I think Adam and I might be saying is like John is baptizing them for repentance so that the, like the public knows. I see, to I hold, see what you're saying. To hold saying. them to like a higher like accountability. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead if you were going to say no, something. Um, I feel that I feel like sometimes, and this is to speak to Adam as well, um, I feel like sometimes it can be easier for us to um, kind of mash everything together, though it's under one umbrella um, known as salvation, um, the distinct um, works within that salvation the distinct works within that salvation, I feel like we have to also identify um, and understand. Like for the Bible to say the doctrine of baptisms shows that there is um, a, plurality, a plurality to it. And, um, and I feel like it's important that we identify what those are and understand how they benefit us. Um, distinctly and I feel like um, what you were saying is John's baptism to repentance is what is very like what we would do today in water baptism as a public display of your life being given to Christ am I correct is what you were saying okay and I, I would agree in a sense, but I would I would say uh, the baptism now today is a different um, kind of like um, Adam said as um, Christ not yet being crucified is a different context of what that baptism is. Um, in Romans 6 it says, as many as were baptized 
into his death um, are baptized in his likeness, meaning crucifying the old man. It says, and you rise to walk in newness of life or new spiritual life. And it says that as many as were baptized have put on Christ. And so in the baptism after Jesus, the water baptism after Jesus being risen from the dead is more so of becoming one with the body of Christ and being empowered by what Christ did on the cross and with his blood and with his body to overcome the sin in our lives. Outside of your initial um, repentance or acceptance of Christ. Can you say that again? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. The baptism, because we're baptized into his death, meaning he was crucified, he shed his blood yep. the, that pays and forgives our yep. sins. And so when we're baptized into Christ, we're putting on Christ, meaning the, the body and the victory that Christ attained through the cross, we now have that empowerment through baptism. Water baptism is what I'm talking about. But in repentance, the initial ministering of the gospel to you and you receiving and say, I believe that Jesus did that for me and I received Jesus and I put my faith in him is, is a, a separate experience from your water baptism. It's like, like, okay, I'll put it this way. Like, I may have received Jesus a year ago, but just last week, I decided or was moved to be baptized, to be water baptized. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so my, my repentance, I was submerged in repentance and giving my life to Christ um, prior to my water baptism. Wouldn't you say then, if, if you're empowered and you're giving your life to Christ, that that's a baptism of the Holy Spirit? I was, okay, okay. Yeah. I would say, to me, that would be the baptism of repentance. But it is a work of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. That it is. And what I mean by that is the Spirit is what makes you um, a new creation. And that's what Jesus told John in um, John, St. John chapter 3. He said that we're born of the Spirit. He said, and then we're like the wind. He said, the wind blows where it wills. That means being led by the Spirit. And so it is definitely a work of the Spirit, and the Spirit is definitely involved. But do I think it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Or the empowerment of, of the empowerment, Holy Spirit. yeah. And being infilled with the Holy Spirit? I do not think that. I feel like it is a, um, a, a separate thing. And I feel like Scripture would, um, I guess validate that in in multiple instances but go ahead Adam. so with because we have yeah. three different kinds of baptisms now that we're talking about yeah. this we have the baptism of the holy spirit we have water baptism mm -hmm. and then we have repentance baptism of repentance so in my from my understanding and i could have missed this but everything that you explained within what the baptism of the holy spirit is is almost identical to the baptism of repentance, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like what you explained, because you said it helps you walk in obedience, authority. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that you do when you repent. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, I've never separated, separated them. them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Separated. So them. I don't know if you want to like reiterate it. Or, yeah. You know, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what empowers you to in the continued walk of repentance, of turning away from your old st life. Well, did you really it, repent then, if you're still? <laughs> Well, well, yeah, because you still fall short. We're if called any, to, like, continually repent. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so continue. There's a continual baptism of repentance. 
Yeah, well, I would say there's a yeah, I would say that, but I would also say that when you sin, what do you, what do you sin after you're saved? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so and so when you sin, you have to do what? To repent. Okay, so if you continue to if if you have to repent, what what teaches you the baptism of the Holy Spirit is empowering you to overcome the things that you have to continue to repent from, so that you can that you can overcome. certain things in your life that's what the baptism of the holy spirit is for or else it's going to feel like i'm always going to have this issue i'm always going to have this problem and i'm always going to have this thing for the rest of my life that i have to continue to repent from right i feel like i just never put a label on it that's what it was yeah i never had like the baptism of repentance label for that it's like oh is a christian you're supposed to repent like that's just what you do yeah you know what i mean like that's you know what i mean when it comes because for me it's baptizing the holy spirit or Mm -hmm. baptism of repentance or of the holy vice versa whatever Mm -hmm. one order you want to go in yeah however you want to term um you know i guess i always never put the label of baptism of repentance yeah, on yeah. just being repenting as you're supposed to as yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so. it's a washing it really is right well and the it reason is. why i mentioned it because if someone if, if when you see baptism the baptism of repentance in the bible people are like okay what's that water well, yeah <laughs> what yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah or like what is yeah they'll think like water or whatever that is but it, it can be confusing if people right see that and then they're like okay but what is the difference between this baptism of repentance that john was talking about and what is the difference between the baptism of the holy spirit and then what is the difference between baptism of water and so in that and we like things to be so sequenced in our life it's just like I want everything in order and I want to understand everything so what I was doing was trying to introduce something that Hebrews 6 is actually foundational to our belief you know what I mean and that it also gives a case that the baptism of the Holy Spirit um whether you believe of subsequent or after that it is a thing that happens in your life and the it, it is a moment in your life when the Holy Spirit comes that w- then isn't empowering uh, to you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I would say, and I know Jonah has something, um, but just to what Adam said, I think is really cool. When you were talking about when we come to faith in Christ, how we have authority and empowerment and all those things. A perfect example of that is the disciples. They came to faith in Jesus and believed him and followed him and he gave them authority and they healed the sick, and they cast out devils, all before the day of Pentecost, all before they received the Holy Spirit. All before Jesus died. Yeah, and so there is an authority that comes on us as believers through the name of Jesus, and through being basically under his covering, and under, there's an authority that comes. And it actually says that Jesus did that while he was still alive, and he says, and Jesus gave them authority to go out and to send out the 72 in order to heal the sick, cast, cast out, out demons, and proclaim, the, and proclaim kingdom. the kingdom of God. So there's that, that authority through relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, but there's an inner empowerment that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus told him, he said, go to Jerusalem and stay there until you be endued or empowered with, with the spirit from on high. And so Jesus, like, it's like each one of us, it's like, I can have authority to do things, but I don't necessarily have um, a, a inner, um, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Um, so I guess I my- wanna, I don't wanna stop your thought. No, no, I, I, kinda, I kinda have two thoughts. And so my first thought is how do you walk alongside the person that doesn't know if they've been baptized with the Holy Spirit or feel maybe they have been, but they, they doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the first thing that kind of pops into my mind is Matthew seven, 
21 through 23, which is not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, one of the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, but did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name mm-hmm. and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. So like you read that, that's a pretty heavy scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you like the person who's like, I'm not sure if I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. or, or doubts. How do you mm-hmm. like, I think to, and you guys feel free if I don't want to over talk anybody. Um, one, I feel like not, I feel, I know that scripture kind of goes in the context of, um, of what we were talking about before of people for professing Christ, but the nature of their lives not changing. And what I mean by that is Christ is speaking more of a relational, um, I guess you can say separation there. He's saying, depart from me, I never knew you. And he was speaking of their relationship and intimacy with him, though they walked in and they did, they used the authority that he had as a believer and saying, like I said, they prophesied, they, um, they cast out devils, they did these things, but he said, depart from me. He said, they call me Lord, Lord, but he was saying, you, you don't do what I say. Yeah. You don't follow my principles. You use what I gave or, or have walked in my authority at times, but on the heart level of your life, you don't follow me. And so that is, I feel like the balance even of people, when we talk about the gifts of the spirit and operating in certain things and, and, and having the, the character, the fruit of the spirit, as well as the power and the gifts of the spirit and not emphasizing one over the other, but having that balance mm-hmm. because you can be so gift heavy that you, you don't actually follow the character and nature of Christ and you can be a detriment to the body of Christ. So you have a gift from him. Like the Bible says, gifts and callings come, come, without, come repentance. without repentance. Yep. And so you may have a gifting from God that works and, and, and it's from God. James 1, 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. So that gift from God is perfect, but you are not. Mm. And so, but you've been given something from God, a, an empowerment or a skill or um, um, whatever you want to call it to, to help the body of Christ. But if you yourself in your heart do not allow Christ to transform you and to mold you into his image, you're just as bad as a person who never received Christ because you're not actually following him as a disciple. You don't actually have an intimate relationship and know him, though you know about him and are able to talk about him. Like the Bible talks about, I'm not gonna go into that right now, but go ahead, because I was gonna. (laughs) Before before that, I think, um, going along with your question, Jonah, it's, it's also not something that you can really like push someone to it's something that like the person's heart has to come to it and I think the reason why there is a lot of um hard hearts towards the baptism of the spirit is because there's a picture painted of these churches that are like forcing people into it or like trying to guilt people into it Mm -hmm. or even people feeling like they are are viewed of less than you know yeah exactly and talk about yeah and so and so I think that what our role is is to be able to be uh, a person that people can talk to and also just being able to be a person that that can share what the the truth of this really is yeah Mm -hmm. the the thing that i was going to say is that um with 
the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come along with it and everything else. Um, like you said, I, I, I want to be able to be as a church. I think our goal is to be able to be to create a space where we look at this as an opportunity mm-hmm. and not an opportunity to necessarily fixate on because I feel like that's not Luke's what he's trying to do mm-hmm. in the Acts. Yeah. His main goal is to try to further the church. Yeah. And it's like, and I feel like that's one of the things I feel like when we talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have this like fixation on mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. God can give us. Mm-hmm. And it drives me up a wall because it's mm-hmm. like, God, I want your stuff, but I don't actually care about having a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want to have tongues when I have prophecy. Yeah. It's like, that's fantastic. All yeah. awesome things that God wants yep. to give you. Yeah. yeah. But right. what You're Luke right. is trying to do is, hey, let's build the church yeah. and let's build it right. Yeah. And, and genuine relationship right. with and, Jesus. And, yeah. and be on mission. Like, that's his yeah. first and main focus. And, yeah. and, and we look at 1 Corinthians when it talks about tongues and talks about everything else. It talks about how they're supposed to be done in a certain way. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be done orderly. And it's mm-hmm. like, and I don't want to like... No. You know, uh, put structure on God's gifts, but yeah. I think we should steward them the correct the right way. way. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I feel like a lot of times when you talk about this message, we have this fixation on the stuff of what God can give us and what mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit can give us. Mm-hmm. And it's so when you use the word baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's like this milestone that I haven't achieved in my life yet. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. how people view it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, Wow, and nice. I feel like it's it creates this negative space of like I'm not as good of a Christian yeah. as you because mm-hmm. I can't do this thing. And you know, it's it's, it's powerful. Bec- what you said is powerful because it's almost like the church today who is who wants to see the baptism of the Spirit in the church, not just intersection, just mm-hmm. at large. They almost, as Luke said, have to like debunk and and pull down the walls that have been built mm-hmm. because of um either people have been made to feel less than or it has been a- abused in some way in the church or has caused people to have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to it and so you almost have to pull down those walls first to mm-hmm. get them really to be open to it in a healthy way. You and try a, to fill a cup, it's already yeah, full. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a relational way that is healthy to the body of Christ without having um, preconceived notions from either past experiences or past teachings or, or past interactions with whether it's pastors or other believers that they have interacted with. And so I feel like that's a part of the body of Christ's job, walking together to to heal those things mm-hmm. and not just in that thing is there many other things but uh this question is kind of for jd Go ahead. um so yesterday in your slideshow you had baptism of the spirit and then you kind of broke it down it says baptisms repentance water spirit well next to baptisms you have six and uh we only kind of went over like three yesterday no hebrews six was it hebrews six yeah, yeah. Oh, hebrews maybe, six. maybe <laughs> may have forgotten to write that down yeah <laughs> Well, never mind. Thank you for that question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a little little confused there. Yeah, um, it had Hebrews right before that. So, no, I think, Adam, that's why the part of yesterday was me sharing my own personal story of what it felt like, the pressure of growing up and they having tearing service and, like, people feeling like they had to be forced to receive the Holy Spirit right now in this moment, you know, and all of those things. And at the end of my message, I said, if anyone has ever made you feel as though you're not as good of a Christian because you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's wrong. And I want to apologize on behalf of that. Mm-hmm. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is called 
to be a gift to us to empower us and um and 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 oftentimes in church we have a a call but we never have a response for people to then give have the opportunity uh to respond to the word of god and i think that sometimes discredits people too and so i think in my call and response uh yesterday it got a it got a what I would think a little weird because one people that I said, if, the, if you have been wanting or desiring this or something, or if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would just like for you to come up. So then pray for people who may desire that. Mm-hmm. But I have way more people come up because some people thought that they were coming up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And other people thought that they were coming up if they've had the Holy Spirit, <laughs> yeah. baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the so, whole church came up. So, <laughs> so, literally the entire, so literally our entire church came up and I'm like, well, this is really weird for the people who actually heard me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so in that, so, so, so in that it's 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 a thing of where I know what it's like to have a be on both sides to be on both sides mm-hmm. to feel as though it's a pressure oriented thing other than this organic desire that's in your heart for the baptism of the Holy Spirit my whole th- my whole reason yesterday for talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and coming to it I was trying to come to it as gently as possible because I understand that exact feeling of what you said because that's naturally my heart for people is that I know what it's like for people to feel as though they're less than as a Christian if certain uh, biblical giftings or characteristics or aren't being di- our experiences right. aren't displayed in their life mm-hmm. and that's where I think the book even talks really well is like we we rationalize our experience and then like doctrine that then has the sequence of what we have experienced and that's not good either. And so what I wanted to do yesterday was introduce a biblical concept of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but also have an opening to where if someone through that biblical explanation of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, and if they want to respond to that and have an opportunity, I wanted them to have that opportunity. But I also know that it was kind of weird at the end of service because people misunderstood what I was saying. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, but I still feel like it was a beautiful moment. And um, I had a couple people after church say that they uh, were baptized in the Holy Spirit yesterday, which was a amazing and I was uh super happy I was super happy about that you know what I mean because I feel like at the end of the day um that that's what that's what matters that people you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I th- um I would say this and I think too in all of this of what we've been talking about I think we especially when talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit I feel like it's vital that we emphasize him not just as a gift, but as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and so that you being baptized in the Holy Spirit is bringing on a more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and a more intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that you're getting what you're receiving is a person, the third person of the Trinity, coming into your life in a very intimate, close personal way within you to guide you as Jesus said into all truth and to the Bible says he will show you things to come the Bible says he will be a comforter to you he will convict of sin he will empower you all these things are coming from a person Mm -hmm. like Jesus said it's expedient that I go away because if I don't the comforter will not come the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and so I feel like if we just minimize him to a gift right or to um speaking in tongues or to prophecy without emphasizing this is a person that we're dealing with Mm -hmm. who is sent 
to to love us and to comfort us and to be in relationship with us, I feel like we we minimize what's actually being given and what's actually mm-hmm. being done I mean, or experienced. I look at it more as like I guess I kept mentioning like the missional aspect of mm-hmm. it. Like it's not even I get that it's a gift, but you know, go and be the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Go pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Like it's a it's a go do something with this. Yeah, it's absolutely. not just a, here's a gift to you. And I feel like and that's you wear it as a badge. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah. I feel like that's yeah. just how it's painted so often mm-hmm. is like here's the thing that I did for God because I'm a good Christian. And it's like, no, not yeah. at all. Yeah. It's like, I want you to go, you know, go be for the widows, go help the lame. Yeah. Like, that's what I want you to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I guess it's like, whenever we do bring it to it, like to the church, I guess that's kind of what really threw me for a loop yesterday is cause I've always looked at it as like a go do something with this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I got, you, you mentioned, and you, you kept bringing up how it's about unity and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's, it's definitely about unity, but yeah. I feel like the, it's, it's just a portion of it though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, not to, you know, I'm not trying to like downplay or what you're saying. <laughs> no, right I, thing, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm following, I'm trying to follow. What were you, so you're saying in yesterday, what, what threw you for the loop the most? That's the, like, what, what threw you for the, like, did you feel as though, and I'm okay with, with this, <laughs> in reflecting on my message, do you feel as though that you felt like in the way that I articulated it to the church that I made it a milestone that you have to reach? Or do you feel as though it felt like that at times or like, I, and I think it's okay for you to have that because I, I, I want to then address those things. Yeah. I felt like it, it for me, it felt like it at times. And mm-hmm. I think that like the main thing that, and I don't know if I'm just a weirdo for this, but like the, the labels on like the baptism, because like I always viewed it as like a, you know, when you accept the Holy Spirit or when, you know, when you acknowledge Christ, you're, yeah. you also have mm-hmm. all of those giftings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what threw me for a loop. So because they're like, I looked at them as like one conglomerate and from how you explained it, it sounded like you were saying that it was two different things. Now it's like we have two categories of things that we need to reach as Christians. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always just kind of like, whoa, 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 hold on. Yeah. Now we're going to, this is not right. Cause like mm-hmm. now we're saying I got to do extra stuff as a Christian mm-hmm. when it's like, you know, I feel like Jesus is telling us, you know, either way I want you to serve me either mm-hmm. way, you know, I've mm-hmm. empowered you. Cause I mean, after, after Pentecost, it's like, now, any, I always looked out. at it. Yeah, any time after that, if you acknowledge Christ in your life, you have the capability to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Is how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still kind of like in the middle there, sort yeah. of. But um, yeah, I feel like I, I really liked how you wrapped it up, though. I liked mm-hmm. that was one thing that really was good, like inviting people up, even though it got kind of confusing for a yeah. second. But <laughs> I, th- I think that um, it, it was it's invitation. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, it's not like a hey, we're gonna sit here until you do this. Oh, yeah. And if yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I, um, I think definitely just having the the aspect of um, it's there to unify us as a church to mm-hmm. be on one accord. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that we love to say the most is being on one accord. Um, but I think it's also there's more it's almost more practical. I feel like we almost over spiritualize it. Um, I know that it's a spiritual concept, but mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that so much more would get done for the sake of the kingdom by us just getting up and doing something rather than sitting and waiting for God to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we are the answer to our own prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us to say, Hey God, um, we're going to, you know, like speaking in tongues, all these things. I mean, in the new Testament, I, I looked it up. I, tr- I could be wrong though. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking in tongues is only mentioned three times in the entire new Testament in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not to downplay it or anything. It's you mean as, as far as the experience, the experience of the like speaking the exact in verbiage like of it is mentioned three times mm-hmm. in the New like Testament. Speaking in tongues, yeah, like the actual sayings, yeah, yeah. like the, the words in yeah. the text. Um, I think it may be, but go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I, <laughs> I was going to say I think it may be more, but go ahead. But yeah. um, you know, I I just think that like the act of going out and, and doing it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I just think that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing. Um, and it's something that is open to us for us to receive. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't want to over spiritualize us just being obedient to God. That's what we're supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. So, and that's what, yep. And that was one of the points that I made is that the Pentecostal movement actually came out of that. Right. I, I think you mentioned that too. In the I did. Yeah. 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 I I mentioned it because I said, we just can't be Christians that sit in pews mm-hmm. and believe because we've made this mental assent and say that God like has saved us that then we are Christians right because that is not that is not what the New Testament church was it was people who actually went out and then I used the illustration in James where he stood in the courtyard and preached the gospel although he knew that he was going to be martyred for it right and the reason and the reason why the Pentecostal movement even came about it was because there was a lot of people claiming to say that they were Christians but they, they, there was like no fruit in their life to show that they were actually being obedient, one, to God's word, mm-hmm. that they can continue to live how they wanted to live, and that there was no thing. So out of that space, they decided to seek after the Lord and a sign in order to know that was a biblical sign in order for them to, to know for sure that the baptism of the Holy Spirit came. Now, we all know, or what well, I shouldn't say we all know, but that's why I express in that space I feel like one part to where they've aired is that saying that only people who spoken in tongues is the people who's done it. But the heart right. of why they got to that point was because of the stagnancy of culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is exactly which is, which was the main point that you're talking about. The reason why the empowerment of the Holy spirit is so important is to prevent us from stagnancy. And that's that right. fire that's set up, that's like shut up in your bones. Yeah. Like what Paige was saying that, that keeps you, from being stagnant that keeps you in relationship and keeps you in those things. Um, it ties so, yeah. in with discipline that you talked about. You know, this mm-hmm. is about discipline. It's like mm-hmm. as much as it's to keep you not stagnant, mm-hmm. it's also to get your butt in gear, you know? Yeah. Like, go, yeah. go live yep. for the gospel mm-hmm. yeah. um, and go, you know, mm-hmm. go do what God has for you. That's that's the that's the whole point. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I would agree 100%. I appreciate you sharing that though, because I, I definitely want to bring clarity to those things. I mean, um, I'm just weird and didn't understand it, but I don't know. no, it's okay. <laughs> you're, you're a linear guy. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think one thing that uh, baptism of the spirit is kind of a, a monumental thing that should be celebrated. And I don't know if, yeah. if you were saying that it, it shouldn't be, but the the way that I kind of see it is like when when a, a baby like takes his first steps, like you mm-hmm. celebrate that, yeah. you know, it's maturing and it's, it's yeah. growing up when they become an athlete, you know, and they're, they're, they're winning and they're maturing and it's, it's something that you celebrate and it's something that's rejoiced. Yeah. And so like, I think that, that, that baptism of the spirit should be something that is, is celebrated and encouraged. But I think the point that you're getting at is it shouldn't be more emphasized than you are loving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I feel like I agree a hundred percent with you, Luke. And I feel like your perspective, Adam, um, is 
comes from that place of how it's been presented mm-hmm. as before. And, and I think sometimes churches don't celebrate it as much because of how it's been presented mm-hmm. and not wanting other people to feel right. uncomfortable. Right. Though, as you said, it should be celebrated mm-hmm. and it is an exciting thing. I feel like we as the body of Christ have to get back to a place of, of balance and love where it is celebrated. For sure. But where it's also presented in a way that is... Um, Right, right, and, and yeah. healthy to the body of Christ. We're in a, we're like, I feel like we have a setting too. Whenever you do have to explain it, you like whenever you do celebrate, you have to explain it. I don't think yeah. anyone can hear yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say, and because of how we represent it too, when you do want to celebrate it, you have to, you have to explain it. it. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not so normal to us. Yeah. It's like for you to for you to say, oh wow, we had a really awesome experience, yeah. a milestone in your Christian life. It's like, well, first I have to preach a whole sermon about it because people don't know what it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. so. And I feel like it's become, it's because it's become taboo Mm -hmm. in a lot of um, Christian circles. And so so I feel like what um, JD was doing on Sunday and even going forward is definitely um, a great progression for intersection as a whole to become um, more holistic in the, in the receiving of the Bible and Mm -hmm. every, and everything that God has for us as well as using that, as Adam said, as God intended to go out and, and win the world and make disciples yeah. and do those things and not just sit in the four walls and, and say, I've had a spiritual experience or I've had a monst- milestone or wear it as a badge, but actually do what the work, yeah, mm-hmm. do the work and do what God intended it to do in your life. Yeah. yeah. So what do you say to the people who have been baptized with the spirit, but maybe don't have the gifts of the spirit or haven't, I don't know, operated, operated in those gifts. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Oh, I just Mm -hmm. was just speaking in tongues. How do you like celebrate that in front of those people who are like, Oh, I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years Mm -hmm. and I've never operated in that and not caused jealousy or division. Mm -hmm. Not saying that that would cause division, but like, cause jealousy in their hearts saying, wait, how did you, how are you operating that? And I, that's something I never operated in. Mm-hmm. How do I operate in that? I, th- I think, and if you guys have anything to say, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we have to approach each individual um, as that individual as well. I don't feel like we can just blanket it. This is how you handle this ABCD. Yeah. Um, because each person's perspective on why they feel the way they feel is different. Um, but I feel we have to um, approach if they if they have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, as you said, and, and are not operating in any of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Paul said, and he wrote to Timothy, he said, "Stir up the gift that mm-hmm. is inside you, mm-hmm. um, that was given to you." And so they have to begin to one learn, take diligence, and I, and what I mean by take diligence and learning what the gifts of the Spirit are. Yeah. And, and learning or seeing if those are operating in their life. Right, right. You have to do due diligence in that, just like if any, with anything else. Um, if they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, as you said, it, and they've been a believer or a Christian, like just give an example, like you said, 20 years, and I haven't had that experience. Mm-hmm. You, I feel like we have to present it as something that is, first of all, available to them. Mm-hmm. And that it's something there to empower them and to um, create 
a, a even more blessed or more um, powerful, if you will, Christian experience for them, not um, emphasize the fact that, oh, you've been a Christian for 20 years yeah. and you haven't received the baptism of the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel like the angle which you come at it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, and I think that sometimes we, ha- we, we figure that like a terminology is what solidifies or seals us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that's, I don't think that, I don't think the people that was in Cornelius' house, the servants, and there it says everyone that was in his home, when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all of that, I don't think they understood of the terminology of all the things. Oh, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was just baptized in the Holy Spirit and all that. Something happened to them yeah. as they heard the gospel. Yeah. And they may not even known the term being baptized yeah. in the Holy Spirit. So they didn't even understand what, what happened was that they, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then their lives then showed the fruit of that. Yeah, that's and, good. and I think the question goes to, can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not know it? I say absolutely yes. Yeah. My opinion would 100%. be yes. And I think think that probably that person that's been living a fruitful life for Christ and 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 they've been doing living and being diligent with the Lord for the past 20 30 years mm-hmm. um, I I would then say that this person was probably baptized in the Holy Spirit because their life is showing the the, the evidence and it's been marked <laughs> to show that they have been empowered by the yeah. Holy Spirit and whether that happened subsequently or whether that happened at the moment of salvation i think that their life is showing the fruit of it i th- i think one thing sorry if i just cut you so, off uh, <laughs> let's just all cut all each other off <laughs> yeah i uh personally for me i just feel like there's been more weight put on for like prophesying or speaking in tongues mm-hmm. or um saying speaking in tongues yeah, the big two words. I, I just feel like as a church, like, there's, like, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12 says, to another by faith of the same spirit, gifts of healing, mm-hmm. uh, knowledge, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't talk about the other gifts, the other mm-hmm. gifts enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why people feel like, oh, you guys are speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. But they could be acting in something totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely right. Like, we, like, those mm-hmm. are other things that should be brought up and, and celebrated if we're going to celebrate. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the gifts. The yeah. gifts yeah. of the spirit. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like the two main ones are, Mm-hmm. prophesying it's like i like oh by the end of the night you're going to be speaking in tongues well what if they're not mm-hmm. speaking in tongues but what if they have yeah oh, are you talking action. about like the big c church like the church of today or are you talking about like person church of today yeah yeah okay which i think i mean is a ripple effect to, yeah. the, mm-hmm. to the churches mm-hmm. all around mm-hmm. um and so i think that was just my like two cents is like there is so much weight i feel like behind Certain gifts. Certain gifts. Yeah. So, like, it's all this, it's the same spirit, same gifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. I, I would agree. Uh, one thing that I want to go back to, you're talking about, like, how do you talk to the person without them getting, or celebrate it without the person getting jealous and, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that. One thing that I think that, that we can't do that is inhibiting the church from taking steps forward is um, being fearful of what, you know, the perception is, you know what I mean? Like just because, um, my brother over here has, has received this, you know, and I want to celebrate that. Like I I can't not celebrate him based off of just like these people over here going to be upset. Yeah. You can't downplay it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so so if we want to move forward, like we we charge forward and that doesn't mean we leave these other people behind, but we are still here for these people to, you know, eventually see them coming to that maturity too. 
And I, yeah. I think, too, we have to become, as Christians, we have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I think we come into Christianity where, we, where we're looking to be comfortable all the time. Yeah. And God is always stretching us. So we have to know and have a preparedness of mind that some people are going to be uncomfortable with this message or this portion of Scripture mm -hmm. or this dynamic of the Scripture. And so, and we have to be willing to live life and, mm -hmm. and walk in community with them. And as Luke was saying, be with them, but yet don't downplay yeah. the parts of the scripture where um, believers or a believer may be excelling, celebrate that, and but come alongside those believers who may feel a certain type of way and get to the root of why they feel that way. Yeah. Like I said, it may be an experience where they feel like yeah. that's all I've seen. Right. So, or, right. Or, or as Jonah said, all, all people celebrate is, when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit exactly. or if they're speaking in tongues. And so, but all these other gifts are not being celebrated. Mm -hmm. and so you kind of have to get to the root of why they feel the way they feel. And, and even correct maybe the imbalances that we have as a church. Mm -hmm. And like, like wow, wow, you're right. We don't celebrate these gifts as much as we emphasize these gifts. Right. And we need to balance that out and, and create a, a, a value system there and not a system so to speak but just a, a balance in the value of of all that god does through yeah believers that's good yeah. no i definitely agree um just i would say even with our own with our church mm -hmm. i think the biggest thing that um that god has placed on my heart um to do for our church is to open up our church to all of what the word has mm -hmm. Um, that's why anybody who's been at our church within the past two months, when someone says that they have cancer at our church, mm -hmm. hey, everyone, right. we're going to lift our hands and pray for this person to be healed. Yeah. Um, I've, I've preached it maybe a couple of times. I said, hey, hey, guys, like there's going to be some things that are in our church that's going to be look a little different. Like we are going to have people who will give a word of knowledge or a word, a prophetic word mm -hmm. in the church. And here's what it is. So in the future, when you see this thing in the Bible, like this is what's going on. And these are the things, these are the gifts that are meant to edify the church right. and, and to build up the church. Mm -hmm. And that the fivefold ministry is meant to build up the church. That's the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. And all of them have to be able to have a space in which order, in order for them to operate or it's going to be like people are like, man, we always do this thing for the prof prophetic people. Or we always do this thing for the teaching service, but we don't ever yeah. do anything that's evangelical, you know, that, yeah. that's evangelizing. Right. Or yeah. we don't yeah. do ever do anything that's like apostolic in nature, going and yeah. establishing something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that for me right now, um, anything that's happening in our church, I think, is the tension of us opening up those spaces that we haven't had for the first time and those things not being perfect. Yeah. And, and right. it's just like the moment that we open up the door for it, it's just like, yeah. this door is being opened. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think that and I think there's no other way in order to allow God to move um, other than, you know, teaching the word through it. But as we continue to grow personally at our church, we do want to be a church that's a fivefold ministry. Yeah. And one thing, and obviously I said this, this message that I spoke yesterday, I said it's going to be pivotal for the different giftings and all that's here, the spirit and how it leads us as a mm -hmm. church, because there's a bunch of different people in our church that have a bunch of different gifts, mm -hmm. but the spirit is who brings us into unity with all those things. Yeah. So that's why it's so important for us. Any empowerment that we could have in our spirit is important. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? That's and good, Pastor. Yeah. And so... <laughs> That's why 
me in this design for discipline came out of that. Mm-hmm. We have a design and certain disciplines and purposes and giftings that God has placed inside of us mm-hmm. and that he designed us with. Mm-hmm. And those things take discipline. Mm-hmm. And those things are, are, I'm sorry, those things are disciplines that he put inside of us. We need something in order for those disciplines to be revealed, in order for those things to come out. And it's yeah. just being led by the spirit. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I, I really think that as we continue in church on Sunday mornings, which is a good thing, but I also think that we don't, Sunday morning is not enough, and that's why we also put emphasis. Colin's always talking about this as well. This is why he's so passionate about um, who's not here today. Colin, hey, if you're watching this, um, you're at minute and 15, uh, hour and 15 minutes. I say your name. But um, Colin always emphasizes how If he's important. watching it, he's going to know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fast forward um, right to yeah, it. Fast forward to it. Um, but uh, he's he's always stressing that it's so important for us to have another other spaces in order for all of these giftings and all of these personalities and all of these things to be able to be had because it's just going to come across on weird if right. on, if Sunday is the only day that we get to operate to this Sunday, yeah. the Lord may move us. We're just going to focus on healing this Sunday. Yeah. And if we just do that, everybody, the person that comes is like, man, this church really focuses on healing. I'm the right. weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but if it's like, if we have a Sunday where the Lord just says, we want you just to play, uh, worship music the whole Sunday because that's how the spirit moves and that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Like, man, this church is weird. We never even got to the word. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we never even taught. That's what's most important because that's what a teacher would feel like. Right. Yeah. And so right. it's like, how do we, the only thing that brings all of that into unity while us being open to what the spirit wants to do mm-hmm. is the spirit. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that makes us open to those things is also experiencing and giving space yeah. f- for the spirit to move in that way. Yeah. And it's not something that has to be forced, but it's also something that has to be introduced. Mm-hmm. And so in it being introduced, I think sometimes it could feel forced yeah. because it's being introduced to something because it's different. Mm-hmm. Anything that's different kind of feels like forced upon you. Yeah. But it's not like we're forcing it. It's actually an organic way to introduce us to what God wants to do through right. us as a people right. and a church. Yeah. So. No, that's good. There's someone in my life who uh, she uh, had a bad experience at a church one time where like, you know, they were doing baptism of spirit and mm-hmm. they were like pushing her over and, yeah. Um, then they were like gathered around her. They were all like praying in tongues and all this kind of stuff. And she was just like, yeah, I, they were praying in tongues and I got uncomfortable. And you know, if, if, yeah. if God is working, I'm not going to be uncomfortable. I don't see the problem with that. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that, that, uh, there are people's walls up to what is uncomfortable. And, and there, there might be this, this stigma that, you know, if Holy spirit is working, it's not going to be an uncomfortable thing, but, the actuality is like, you know, if we if we live in our nature our whole life and then we experience something that is out of our as supernatural, yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable. And, and I think that that the direction that that you've been leading the church has been so good to stretch people and get them outside of that. So that way we can operate in the way that God is ultimately calling our church to operate. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, just to speak to Jonah and maybe Adam, too. Um, I think in, and I think it just reminded me, I was looking at First um, Corinthians 14 and well, 12, 14, both of them speak of this, but I think to, um, to understand as far as, as prophecy, prophecy is, it talks about in those scriptures, 
is, um, I guess you could say, more emphasized. 214, yeah. Yeah, in the church. And so it's, pro- it's going to probably be more commonly demonstrated than a lot of the other gifts in the church. Um, not saying, as we said before, there should definitely be balance in the gifts, but prophecy is more beneficial to the whole body of Christ at large um, in a gathering. And you can look at that throughout the Bible from Old to New Testament. Yeah. The Bible is full of prophecy and prophetic things that we still read and study and benefit from today. And so with God, it's just he has an emphasis on that among his people to, to help guide them and instruct them of things to come or of things that are happening currently. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I feel like there's a balance even in that not to, not to necessarily, um, I guess, as, as we can get tired of it. The scripture even talks about um, don't despise prophesying. And because we can, we can, as spiritual believers, we can be like, okay, this is just overload now. Now it's just, and then it can be in church. Mm-hmm. And there has to be the proper balance in order, as Adam was saying. But I feel like just in general, the gift of prophecy is emphasized when the church gathers together to, to speak to all the believers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just in, gen- in a general capacity. What, what are you going to say? So, um, first Corinthians 14, uh, like 26 through 33 actually talks about orderly worship. Mm-hmm. So when speaking in tongues, like obviously there's speaking in tongues is a prayer language, yeah. but also like if you have somebody who can interpret yeah. tongues, it mm-hmm. can, it can be a beneficial, message. a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about the person who is maybe on stage speaking in tongues? Mm-hmm but there's nobody there to, is that considered mm-hmm. his, is, is mm-hmm. he's not, is, is that, he speaking is to the church or is he, mm-hmm. is he praying mm-hmm. in the spirit to himself mm-hmm. or to God? So I, yeah. I would say as a, I, from what I've experienced and what happens at our church is like, say for instance, if Mark is praising and worshiping or giving high praise to God and he's connecting with God, I've heard Mark speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. I haven't had Mark when it's a silent moment, go start speaking in tongues in the instance that is going to be like, okay, everybody, I'm speaking in tongues right now, and I want you all to hear my voice. It's more of a thing where he's stepping away from the mic, and he's, and he's, yeah. and he's worshiping. And in his worship, he is, he is opening up his mouth and connecting and speaking with God in I, what I would call his prayer language. Yeah. And, the, and, and what was happening, I believe, in the First Corinthians church is where everyone was wanting to speak a tongue because that was one of the most prominent signs to show the connection between Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. And they caught on to that. And so everybody wanted to show their spirituality of sign and start what well, starts happen is that everybody starts speaking in tongues to show like this but nobody understood right. what was going on and so then so then paul says like hey Actually, y'all yeah. need he talks about it yeah. it's intuitive yeah, yeah yeah he's like y'all need to chill out like <laughs> i'm not telling you not to speak in tongues in the gathering i'm not telling you not to do that yeah he said but let it be limited he said no that that was prophecy actually read it? uh yeah you can read okay. it if you so want to which part do you want to know about um i i mean well from from what he's talking about from yeah. what jonah's talking about Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one heard that. Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says, let all things be done for building up. If anyone speaks in, in a tongue, let there be two or three, most at three, each in a turn, and let someone interpret. Mm-hmm. But if there's no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. 
That scripture is so powerful. Um, I don't know. I just got excited. Got excited. Really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) So when when he's talking about um, at the most two or three and let interpret, that is speaking in the context of of someone, of the gift of the spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about um, diverse tongues or diversity of tongues. Um, you can read, what is what scripture is it? 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah, which one is talking about? Different kinds of tongues, yeah. It says different kinds of gifts. Turn. Oh, you want to go 11? This is no, 12. No, yeah. No, I was just saying turn the page. It's, um, where is it? Yeah. Okay, and then. Yeah, it says to another is given prophecy and to another distinguishing between spirits, to another the speaking in different kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. Mm -hmm. And so when it's talking about um, a person speaking, um, it's talking about a person operating the gift of diversity of tongues. And and in that instant, the church is listening Mm -hmm. to that person. And he's saying there should be two or three people there with the gift of interpretation listening to interpret what the spirit is saying to the church. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's saying, if that's not the case, he says, speak to yourself and to God. And what he's talking about is speak in a way that is not disrupting the service. Mm -hmm. You can speak and speak in tongues and pray in tongues, but pray to yourself in a way that is not captivating everybody's attention as look to me, but you have no message in tongues. Go ahead. And to bring that like full circle to it, it's funny that the passage right after that, somebody's calling me, sorry. Uh, (laughs) The passage right after that um, is unity and diversity in the body. And we just talked about how like us trying to bring that space to our church Mm -hmm. and being it open for people to, Mm -hmm. you know, experience whatever that entails. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, and to bring that full circle as well, that's also like what I was trying to say with doing it the correct way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's like, because this passage is all about, you know, if if you're a hand, don't try to be a foot. Yeah. Your foot as a body of Christ. You know what I mean? And it's like all of us, it's like we're in that entry level of like trying to figure out what our role is and how to like bring that to the church in Mm -hmm. the right way. Yeah. So it's like, how do we do that in the correct way? to uh you know not just to to enlighten the church but also educate the church mm-hmm. on yeah. what the gifts are and how do we steward them and then on top of that how do our leaders mm-hmm. bring that to the body so mm-hmm. it's digestible it's understandable and then it makes sense i know that i'm a super yeah. linear like bullet point guy yeah. <laughs> but it, you know but it makes it easy yeah. uh mm-hmm. it makes it easier for us to digest it and it just makes it more understandable you know and and then mm-hmm. like you said it's an organic way it's mm-hmm. it fluctuate yeah so yeah I'm sure there's probably more there, but I lost my train of thought. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, for sure. So I have I have a quick question. Um, Paul goes on later to write. It says, "Therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. Mm-hmm. For if one I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray I w- with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. What is he saying there? Like, he, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say he's saying that. One who the humility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk over yeah. people. I really don't. Um, but he's saying that if you if you do pray in tongues or you have the gift of diversity of tongues, he's saying you should pray that you be able to interpret it. And he'll go on and say, because it's more beneficial 
to those around you to have interpretation to have the interpretation it's more beneficial to the body of christ because though you're operating in the gift if the message or the interpretation of what's being said is in grass yeah it's not benefiting the broad um community though you and your spirit are being edified personally it's not the others around you yeah are not being edified Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah that's good yeah I didn't have anything. I was just just. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I think I, I think that was a a really good conversation. Yeah. But with that, I think that this conversation could probably also spark other questions for people that even listen to this. Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. that, um, you know, if someone is listening or watching this, you know, you can leave a a comment in the uh, in the comment section or hit one of us up. And I think that if this is something that people do have more questions on, it would be beneficial to, you know, do this again and, and keep on like digging in so that like the, the fullness of the truth can, mm-hmm. can be experienced. Absolutely. Um, I, I think too, and I could be, and I hope I'm not speaking um, out of turn, but I think that when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, my inclination is they should be done in um, in developing the gifts of the spirit, it should be done in smaller groups and spaces mm-hmm. to where people can be developed in it, but in a safe space to where it's not um, necessarily, and I, and I say weight, but it's not in the in the weight of a service. Yeah, when everybody's yeah. there and everybody oh, yeah. can be affected, yeah. whether That's good or happening. negatively, <laughs> happening in the Corinthians, yeah, exactly. Corinthians, yeah, right. To where people can be groomed in in their gifting and what God has called them to do. Mm-hmm. To where if if that gift is activated in the service, they are being groomed and, and spiritually taught and even activated and have flowed in that gift mm-hmm. to be able to do it in a way that yeah. is beneficial right. to the whole congregation mm-hmm. and the body. Mm-hmm. To where there's not like, oh. Now granted, it will be people who will be unfamiliar mm-hmm. with certain gifts. Yeah. But it ultimately will be beneficial for the body. Yeah. And when those things do come up, I think it's good to express what happens. I think there's been several Sundays where uh, a brother from our church has actually in the lull during worship have given the prophetic word. And then after he gave that prophetic word or exhorted, or I should say he exhorted over the church uh, or something, I would then, you know, come on the mic and then explain that. And that's an I feel like that's an organic way that something happens. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I totally agree. Like in where um, and how God wants to move through the church, I think that those things do need to be developed in smaller, intimate circles, mm-hmm. and the preference rather than it's going to cause people to stumble. Because any any yeah. gift, any gift, honestly, I feel like in the way that it's wielded can hurt other people yeah. if you don't use it properly, mm-hmm. or if you don't go about it the, in the proper right, right. way. And use discernment on how God should use you in that gift. So, yeah. I I feel like what's like this is like a, a I feel like it's a a good question to ask when like mm-hmm. introducing this concept. Forget so. us trying to close, Luke. We want to keep going. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. I was gonna say like t- what's what's one uh, technique or phrase or plan, I guess you could say, that you would give. Um, to someone who wants to try to introduce this subject, like what's one motto or like heart posture uh, to bring to and that when it comes to, to introducing like the different baptisms and what they are and everything like that? I think opening up, I think the, the greatest thing you could do is opening up the word 
with people. If I, if I, like I said on on Sunday when I when I when I did it, I had like all the scripture there. Yeah. And uh, even talking to after, I said I I should have I I wanted to dive into each one, but I think if it's just a personal thing, I think one having relationship, just simply having a relationship and being able Flex. to read the person, like we're right. doing now, uh, is mm-hmm. really important. I don't think sometimes our truths should supersede relationships sometimes because it actually doesn't even the the truth that we have doesn't actually take root because we have no relationship it's almost it's almost like you are depositing so that you may have the right to speak into that person's life Mm -hmm. um and that that space is mutual for them to receive so first and foremost i think when it comes to talking about uh, spirituality and things of that nature make sure that the environment and and the relationability has there's a foundation of mutual trust and love there right. i think that's first and foremost um and then i would say the next thing that's always the most up most and prior important thing is a uh, prior priority is opening up the word of God. I, I think it, it's good sometimes for us to speak from what we know, but when you when in an intimate space, if you open up the word of God with someone and read it and say, here's how I came to this point. Here's right. how I came to this conclusion from this passage mm-hmm. of scripture. And then here's how this, dem- this here's how this has been demonstrated in my life. Yeah. Here's how I've seen it demonstrated in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever you're trying to get someone to, um, receive something you have to say it's always good to make sure you're not speaking at them but it feels as though you're working with them Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to relationships and sometimes even putting yourself in a position for them to be asked for them to ask you the question that you feel as though god has given you the answer for Mm -hmm. opposed to feeling as though you're giving them the answer and a question that they don't have yeah right that's good yeah that's really good my i mean I, i think about just like the the background that i had as far as uh, it wasn't background, it was what I was experiencing at the moment of uh, when I was first getting into, like, getting deeper in my relationship with Jesus. I had, like, JD on, on this end of the spectrum, and then I had all these other people pouring to me that were on this end of the spectrum. And both were like, you know, JD is, is someone who um, believes in the Spirit, is active and moving, and this over here, they were, like, very much more... Um, not conservative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so it was like a battle that I had, but but through it all, JD was able to minister to me from him explaining what happened in his heart and what he was able to come to through pursuing what God had for him right. in that. And that just it sparked a desire for me even to pursue that. Um I mean, the Bible talks about you'll overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, but that's like, that's not just about salvation. You know, there's testimonies and so many things that, that as you share with people, it it sparks a desire, fans the flame that's in them. And, you know, it just, not just salvation, even when it comes to spiritual maturity and it's that holy jealousy that, that we've talked about before. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it just, it, it shows, um, not only the work of the spirit, in the individual, but the work in the spirit in a community of people that come together and and desire yeah. to see you know Jesus's kingdom move forward. Yeah, and I think like with that testimony too, you know, when you are able to share that and learn the heart of of what you're talking about and what you experience, like that's when you see like you know open up the Bible. Like this is 
this scripture points to what happened to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this, this gift, this spiritual, whatever, this experience, uh, baptism of, of the Holy Spirit and all that type of stuff like this, that, you know what I mean? You can bring it full circle, which is, I think is really, really cool. So I just wanted to ask, I feel like it's a good question. Um, just because like, you know, this conversation makes people feel some type of way, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, just knowing the heart of, of what's going on and everything is, is just really, I think it's important. So. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, segue, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I guess I I had one more question. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, if someone has a desire in their heart, like they they want to go deeper and they want to be able to experience the fullness, mm-hmm. what would you guys say is the next step towards them receiving this? Well, the Bible says, "Ask, seek, and knock," and everything you ask and seek and knock with the Lord. He said, pretty much will be given to you. Ask, and it will be answered. See, mm-hmm. you'll find, knock and the door be open. But the big thing is that this is like an action verb. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that if somebody's wanting more of God and the fullness of God, it's not as though the fullness of God is off this some faraway place, and God's like, oh, I'm withholding my fullness from you. Yeah. Um, no, it's just that you have to ask. Mm-hmm. And as you're asking, sometimes... Asking is a form of maturity. Actually, asking questions is a form of wisdom and maturity yeah. uh, and humility. And humility is, a, is, is definitely a sign that the spirit is working in your life. Yeah. And so when you ask, when you seek and you knock, um, I always think that God is going to fulfill you. So with those three things, I think you ask through prayer. You can ask the Lord, like, Lord, what do you mean as you're reading scripture? Like, what do you mean by this? You know, asking or asking people who have testimony or something, asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are seeking, how are you seeking? Are you seeking through prayer? Are you seeking through your word? Uh, what are you allowing to come into your mind and into your, your body as you're seeking, you know, these things out? And, you know, and as you're knocking, it's the same thing as you're knocking on the door, something that hasn't been open to you. You know, do you knock once and walk away or do you continue to knock? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. I think persistence is a huge thing um, of what helps God continue to fulfill you. Um, That's the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that's good. And I, I, I don't know if we talked about it earlier today in this, but um, the expectation of what it looks like uh, to be baptized in the spirit. Because I, I know for me when when this was like, on my mind and on my heart and I desired it. It was like something that I kept chasing. And I remember like this one time I was, uh, I was dog sitting at my friend's house and I was just like in this room, I had nothing to do. So I just like was reading the Bible. I was like reading out loud and I was just like, you know, praying that I would like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I think it's similar to to your story too. But I mean, I, I didn't start, you know, praying in tongues. I didn't, you know, anything like that was outwardly just like super spiritual, but I, I, I got super emotional and it was like this thing of, of, I don't know. It was just, it felt like there was like a presence in the room and it was like this, this, I I guess it was just a super intimate moment. Um, and, and so my expectation was something that was super high and because after that I kept chasing and kept chasing and kept chasing until it was kind of revealed to me that it had already happened. Um, like most people have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't want people's expectation to be something where, you know, they 
they are expecting this huge thing and then they just keep chasing and chasing and chasing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, that's what happens. Like I said, I feel like that happens a lot because it's like, Jesus is like, I'm already here. Mm -hmm. Like I'm already, you already have the Holy spirit. Like I'm with you, man. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's like I said, it becomes like this like hopeless endeavor almost of like Mm -hmm. this cycle of like, I got to do the thing or I'm not a Christian. Like I didn't, I got to, I had to meet this point or to meet this expectation, but Mm -hmm. I like your testimony. That's powerful. I would just I would just say the keys that stand out to me through a biblical perspective of what was the marker of the Holy Spirit and what was not was this was the change in the person's boldness for the Lord, Mm -hmm. the desire and intimacy with him um, um, and their ability to share the gospel. Um, I I would say and, and to and to continue to you know like all like you were saying it sounds like the same thing as someone who's has salvation and those type of things I I do believe that it's something that in the New Testament that every time it says that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit there was a there was something there was some evidence of yeah. something whether it was an emotional thing, experience whether it was speaking in tongues whether it was prophecy or whatever it was but every instance in that you saw that in the fruit of that moment and all that stuff was you know them going out into judea samaria yeah and all all, yeah. the, all right. the ends of the earth even unto death yeah you know what i mean and um i feel as though those are are signs i like i said before i truly do believe that people are baptized in the holy spirit and they just don't they 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 think they're not you know what I mean? But they, they right. are living a godly life. They are being led by the Lord. They're being led by the Spirit. They have fruit in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just don't they just don't claim it. And sometimes they don't want to claim it because they don't want to be deemed as one of those people that are like, you know, I got the Holy Spirit right. and you don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like one of those things. And I think that that should be debunked. I don't yeah. think that. Um, That's good. I think it's the faith. It's the faith to believe that you've been baptized in the in the Holy Spirit and that it has changed your life. Mm-hmm. It's just as important to believe that. Yeah. You know what I mean? To believe that the Holy Spirit has marked your life, and because of that, now you are you are you are called to walk with the Lord. Like mm-hmm. you are called to walk um, in everything that He's called you to, and your purpose, and all those things. Not in a way that's like oppressive, but a way that's like. The desire. I feel yeah. like your desire changes when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like, right. To want to desire the Lord. But yeah, that's a long answer to your question. No, that's good. One, two, three. Maybe mm. I should give a one, two, three. Mm. All right. Hey. No, no. <laughs> I think I think too, I don't know if you join what you're gonna say something? Okay. Um I think too to balance even what Luke said, um, I feel too don't as Luke said Sometimes we have a certain expectation, and when God doesn't come that way, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to believe that God has done something mm-hmm. of what he's already done mm-hmm. in our lives. But I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, I don't want us to feel like God can't or he won't fulfill our expectations. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. And so the Bible says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. We may not even ask for it. We just think it. That's what we want. Mm. And God can meet those expectations. Sometimes it's easier for us to accept that God won't do a thing. Mm, that's good. Or God won't meet an expectation mm. mm-hmm. rather than actually going after it and risking being disappointed if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in our timing. And I've kind of lived my life that way personally mm-hmm. in, in my testimony. I live my life on 
I'm going to bank on the higher thing. And I'm going to bank that that's going to happen mm-hmm. and willing to, and be willing to be disappointed if it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to settle for not having it happen when that's what I really expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for me, God is able to meet all of our expectations and go mm-hmm. above and beyond. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that's the kind of childlike faith that Jesus talks about mm. in, his, in the Bible of, of believing God for this all things with with God, all things are possible. Jesus would say, and mm-hmm. so have faith in God. But that's okay. good. Yeah, I think a little testimony for me is um, I went through a season last year where I just got out of a relationship. A couple months before that, my sister died, and before I the relationship ended, this girl told me she was like, "You need to know God better." And I was like, "Well, I'm walking with God. Like I'm reading my Bible every day." And so there was a week where it was, it was literally, I just felt alone. And I Mm -hmm. told the Lord, I'm like, what more do I need to know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then that like sparked the, there's so much more Mm -hmm. in depth of what, who God is. And that's like the the gifts of the spirit. And I remember calling JD and calling Luke and I'm like, what do I need to learn? Where do I start? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of like my, like seeking after like the, like I knew I was walking with the Lord, but I, I also knew that there was so much more to, to learn and gain mm-hmm. um and that was kind of like my like i don't want to say saving grace because i already saved but like yeah. just like for where you were in your yeah, life absolutely yeah. where yeah. i was in my life and yeah. there was tools that god gave me to be able to continue to to walk through that those struggles yeah um and that's like the gifts of the holy spirit yeah and yeah. so um i think for me it was just kind of like a like a hey you know God, but there's more to God that you don't know. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. And that push really helped. Yeah. Yeah. So she was right. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) But the the truth of the matter is how people say it sometimes what hurts us. But we all, I I would be the first ones. I need to know God better. Like there's so much of him to know. There's so much more that we need to mature. And I'm like, I would be like, yeah, you're right. I do need to know. (laughs) Yeah. See, he he just said that though. And that actually made me think of like a similar situation I had that I never thought about till like just now mm-hmm. was I had kind of the same situation well and it wouldn't involve a girlfriend or anything like that um but it was uh I had the same experience of like just being alone with my thoughts and that was like it was around the time of COVID mm-hmm. um I uh it was my first like semester of college and I was actually at the same time I met Luke mm-hmm. and uh him and I were like discipling together and everything and um and uh, thank you for that because some, some of those experiences the conversations <laughs> we had uh you know fell into that led me to where I was at. Yeah. Um, but once COVID hit and I was like forced to go home and uh, I just went to work every day and went home and just hung out pretty much all day. Yeah. Um, and that was when like the first time in my like Christian walk that I decided to like open up the word every single day and dive into um, a genuine authentic relationship with Christ that I had like never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I never thought about this. Like you, like just said that, but I was like, yeah, like the the consistency, the longevity, uh, and the desire, and the burning passion that I had that came from that, one hundred percent. Because like I was, you know, every time I went to work or whatever, I you know was I was I was just so passionate for the scriptures. Like yeah. I just had this newfound interest uh, and desire to just be in that space all yeah. the time. I would. I remember those times where I'd like listen to worship music in my car, and like I didn't want to get out. I was like, can I just stay here and worship? Yeah. Plus, I didn't like. Shout out to Meyer. I worked at Meyer. I hated my job. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go to work and push carts. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, but it was just like a newfound desire and a passion. And, um, yeah, that just, you said that it just sparked my memory of that. So, um, but yeah. 
Do you have something, Pastor? Well, yeah, we're already going long, so let's just get it, get into it. So, um, if anybody has made it to this point, um, I think it's so important to understand one of the first messages that Jesus established, and it kind of goes back to what you were, what you asked me about how somebody wants to be like filled if they want to this thing. The first message that Jesus preached on the Sermon of the Mount, I think, actually shows exactly the process of what that looks like. You know what I mean? And so the first thing he says is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, like, the poor in spirit are people who literally is that poor in spirit. They recognize that their spirit is poor. It is deprived. Yeah. Um, and he, it, yeah, it has a need. And, he, and then Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus was introducing the principles and the kingdom of heaven. It was embodied in him. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, if you're poor in spirit, that means that you've already quali- qualified yourself in recognizing that uh, you are that to receive me. Yeah. And then the next thing that he says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. When you're mourning that, he's saying that you're literally like lamenting before him. Like you have come before him mm-hmm. and you've put yourself in a position to truly be comforted. These Both of these, COVID and that whole situation brought them into like this depravity, poor spirit. Him, you know, sister passing away and all those things brought him before Jesus. Yeah. And so they're being comforted. And this is blessed are the meek, for they should inherit the earth. You don't go through being poor in spirit and under, understand how deprived you are and mourning and needing to be comforted, and you don't become meek. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that, like, if people who don't allow themselves to mourn and people who don't allow themselves to see their brokenness, it's very hard for them to be humble and to be meek. And meek is not a weak word. Meek is actually a word of strength. It's because you're actually qualifying yourself for the strength of the Lord. Mm. Um, and it is the same thing as what the riders would do to horses. They would meek them to go into the war in yeah. order for them to be battle ready. So if a bomb went off next to the horse, it still stayed the course in which it did because it was humbly submitted underneath the rider. And I think that's the same thing for us as Christians that we need to be humbly submitted underneath Ooh, you preaching the on. Father. Right. And then at the last part and then it's it <laughs> i know yeah, i like it thank you thank you, thank you. Thank he's you. meek yes. <laughs> and it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled and it's just like when you have hungered and when blessed are those who hunger and thirst these things develop a thirst for you and for most people who have developed this fire and desire for God have allowed themselves to be poor in spirit. They mm-hmm. allowed themselves to mourn and go through a process. They have allowed themselves to be meek. So congratulations. <laughs> you, you passed the first three. Um, and now you have this desire. Mm-hmm. You're hungering and you're thirsting. And this was a, also a marker in the New Testament church that they had a desire and expectation for what does it look like for us to receive what Jesus died for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's mm-hmm. when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit simply because of their desire and expectation. Seeking obedience. Yes, yeah. seeking obedience. Cornelius was a God-fearer, but he was not a believer mm-hmm. as far as, as in, in Jesus Christ. An angel came to Cornelius at his house and said that there's going to be a man named Peter that comes to you. He says, and you need to, send, you need to go out and get, tell your people to go get him where he's at and tell him to come to your home. Cornelius was not a believer. He was a Gentile. He was a Gentile person. Like, he, he was none of that. But because of that, 
Cornelius had an expectation when Peter came to his house that he was going to experience something through this and what this angel said to Come him. On. So expectation and experience was already inside of mm -hmm. Cornelius. So the moment that the gospel was preached, mm -hmm. the moment that it was preached, everybody in that whole house, boom. So Cornelius, it wasn't just Cornelius. The way that Cornelius lived his life in expectation and experience, everybody in his house come underneath, came underneath one accord. And I'm sure there was some servants that was just chilling in the back, like, yeah. what Cornelius got us over here for to listen to this dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's how they honored Cornelius. In them honoring Cornelius, who had the fervence to listen to what God had said, it says that their whole house was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then they all went out and got baptized. Yeah. And so we should never underestimate what someone's desire and expectation could bring to an entire group of people, to an entire thing. And, yes, that is a very descriptive thing that happened, but it uh, is also Acts was written to show the blueprint of the acts of the church and right. what happened. So things that we can glean from, mm -hmm. and it's not, and I know some people say we shouldn't be as descriptive and say this X, Y, Z has to happen. But in X, Y, Z that did happen, we do see patterns and we yeah. do see that there was always expectation mm -hmm. and there was hunger and that there was thirst there. And like, if you just simply have hunger and thirst, you have such a qualification to be filled with something that God wants to give you. Yeah, that's and, so good. And I love how God blanketed under righteousness. Mm -hmm. because Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness, mm -hmm. and these things shall be added unto you. And so God is in the business of fulfilling whatever desire within his kingdom that you have. Mm -hmm. He said, wow. Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's just not financially. Mm -hmm. Whatever your need is, the kingdom has it in abundance. Absolutely. And so I, I find it very vital that when we read the word we have an expectancy for what we read mm -hmm. to manifest in our lives come on yeah. and be real to us it's not enough just for us to read the word and have knowledge of it but it never happens to us mm. we never experience it and we never it never comes alive in us Let's that's go. that's what jesus meant when he said the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life. He's saying these are spiritual words, but these are actually words that I'm living. These are actually words that are alive mm -hmm. in my life. And so we, and Jesus said this, he said a true witness delivers souls. So if, if we minister what we have experienced, Peter says, such as I have, give I to, unto mm. you. And so when you go into the Bible, you have to go with a, an expectancy to experience what the Bible is offering to you. This word is alive. And so it's not just written letters, it's alive. Mm -hmm. And so it can do for you what it did for them. And so, but if you don't have that expectancy, if you, if you approach the Bible just from a historical standpoint, you miss the essence of the living Jesus. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that he is resurrected and alive and able to do everything that he did mm -hmm. in that Bible. Come on. And they say that in, these, in the later days that this will be a sign yep. for you not to listen to these people. They say, where is Christ? He's in the desert. He's hidden in the cave. Yep. And he was saying, like, I, what was that verse, uh, Matthew? Matthew 24. Yeah, Matthew 24. And essentially saying, like, these people who have look at Jesus as a, as a historical figure, but he's not alive and present and tangible, and the things that are in the Word are tangible, they're going to start preaching a message that yeah. 
you know, where where is this guy? And he's like, well, he's 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 hidden. He's in the desert. He's in the dry places. He's in the dry places. He's in the. Yeah. And he's saying like, and what and what they're saying is that you don't need to see Jesus in order to believe in Jesus. You don't need to experience Jesus in order to believe in Him. And that's where he's saying, do not believe. Do not believe them. And mm. so, like, that's really important for us to understand. When we read his word, th- these things are for us today yeah. to live and to yeah. breathe and to, in him. And act, this is Acts 17, 28. In him we live, we move, and yeah. we have our being. Right. Like, our, the very essence of our being yeah. is from Christ. Come yeah. on. And yeah. we live, there's the breath we breathe, and the way that we move, and the way that we have our literal human being yeah. life. It's everything. It's, it's the essence Jesus. of what we're doing. Yeah. 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 That's so good. Yeah. That's like one of Peter's like biggest obstacles he had to face too was like being able to like expand where he could take the gospel to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. still have that courage and that like discipline mm-hmm. of staying in that space because that was one of the biggest things like Peter wanted to bring the gospel to Gentiles. And when they first started the church, they were like, I don't know about those guys. Like, you know, yeah, everybody, like, you know, I mean, that was one of the biggest like, obstacles was trying to get it to people who were different than them. And, yeah. um, and I think, yeah, you said, like, the, the word is alive. It's yeah. moving and it's the essence of what we're doing. Yeah. And that refocus of, hey, this is what we're about. This is mm-hmm. literally everything that we're doing. Yeah. Gives you that courage, that stamina, that longevity mm-hmm. to continue. Like, yeah. what we're doing cannot be torn down. Yeah. Well, it just won't. It won't, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, that's that. fire. Bring that, that full circle. Yeah. Well, you know, oftentimes when we make these uh, podcasts, we don't know if anyone's listening. But yeah. I want to give a shout out to two people that we found out in the last couple of weeks that are listening. I watched yeah, come them. Mister and Mrs. Rutledge. Come on. They uh, they said they've listened to every single one all the wow. way through, um, and so we just want to give them a shout out for Ooh. the support. Thank Remember, you guys. Whoop, whoop. Um, I like that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really good conversation. I appreciate all y'all coming out and being able to, to speak some wisdom. Um, and, yeah, Pastor, do you want to pray us out? You know what? I'm going to be humble and have you pray us out, Luke. Oh, snap. <laughs> so meek. I was, I, was gonna, I was just about to interject. I'm like, Luke, you pray us out. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting this one. <laughs> we spend most of the time in a book written by someone like yourself. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> only right. <laughs> All right, Jesus, thank you. Um, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for uh, just the opportunity that we have to be able to be brothers that have conversations like this to to mm-hmm. learn more about you and for the the truth that you have for us to experience, Jesus. And I pray that that this uh, this doesn't just stop here, Lord. These conversations don't don't just stop here, Lord, but that there is a continual yearning that happens within uh, your body, Father, people desiring to know the truth that you have for us and and all that you have to offer us. Jesus, I just pray over anybody who listens to this or watches this, Jesus, that um, they can come into uh, the the knowledge that you have for them, Father. I pray um, that you just you speak to them. You use these words that you have uh, given to us, Lord, to be able to uh, to minister. Um, Father, I thank you for my brothers here at this table um, and all that you have for us, Jesus. We just praise you. We love you in your name. Amen.